Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ Menelastis. I'm a board-certified sports physical therapist and strength coach who focuses on the golf athlete. This podcast is dedicated towards helping you stay healthy so you can stay on the golf course and not in the clubhouse. Are you someone who's currently dealing with an injury from golf? Are you struggling to hit the ball further and more consistently? Well, on this podcast, we cover all things golf, from fitness, performance, injury recovery, and everything else in between. Our goal is to help you play your best golf yet without limitations. If you want to work directly with us, we are currently running a special on our pain-free golf performance programs. Use the word podcast when inquiring about how we can help. We hope you enjoy the show. All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Russ. Today, we are joined by Jeff Mosini. He is the founder and creator of Slopegrade. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Russ. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, so uh, I'm really excited, Jeff, to have you on the, the show. You know, your your product and your app that you've got going on, is it's really exciting for, for a lot of golfers that, that want to play better golf, in particular, want to putt better. So maybe kind of tell us, before we get into Slopegrade itself, maybe tell us a little bit about your background and your journey with the sport of golf. Well, I am the son of a club professional, so I've been around golf since I was five years old. Okay. I didn't get serious about the game until I was 14 working for him at a uh, golf course up in Northern Michigan. Nice. And I, I ended up falling in love with it uh, when I made a 100 yard hole in one on the range when I was like six or seven years old. Nice. And uh, it just uh, so happened to teach me a lot about life, which kept me going uh, in terms of pursuing it uh, for something more than just a hobby or whatever. Sure. So we went to see one of his good uh, friends in the uh, Professional Golfers Association of America uh, because I didn't want to sever my relationship with my dad uh, if we butted heads about things. Sure. So I went to go see someone different. Yeah. Uh, and we got my game uh, good enough to uh, walk on at a Division II school in Finley, Ohio, the University of Finley. Nice. I, um, I helped... Uh, my high school deliver its first state championship in school history in any sport awesome. my, my awesome. junior year. That's awesome. And after four years of playing college golf, I moved down to Florida to start my software engineering career. Uh, I wanted to be around a place where I could play golf all year round. And after being away from competition for about seven or eight months, I wanted to get back into it. So I started playing in amateur tournaments and found myself in a position or opportunity to pursue it more than just, uh, you know, having it as like a side activity. I wanted to see how high I can go. So in 2019, I decided to take a run at the uh, professional ranks. However, the timing of that was not very good because just months after I declared being pro, COVID-19 came sure. and uh, that really uh, impacted what events I could play in. Yeah. And I found after two years of doing it, I wasn't playing in much events because of everything going on and other priorities came into my life, such as becoming a new father in March. Sure. And uh, thank you so much. Yeah. And after looking at what was going to be required to make it uh, at the pro level, I found that the sacrifice required was going to be too great. Uh, there's a lot of things outside of golf that I value. So I am now in the process of being reinstated as an amateur. Nice. That's great. 
So, so, you know, before we kind of maybe get into slow play, I was, I'm always fascinated to kind of hear um, those who play golf, either at a collegiate or an amateur level, maybe kind of, you know, speak upon your experience playing D2 golf and, you know, what that kind of looked like. And, you know, I think the, the importance for a lot of our listeners are, you know, the ability to play better golf uh, requires, you know, a number of different things. And so, you know, playing at the collegiate level where a lot of our listeners maybe want to kind of go to, maybe just kind of speak upon your experience with, with regards to playing collegiate golf. Yes, gladly. I found that the competition that I had was very good. There were some players that I played against that are now playing on the Corn Ferry Tour or PGA Tour. Awesome. Uh, and my main thing that separated the good players from the great players was their ability to control their emotions and thoughts while out of the golf course, which was something I personally wasn't good at at the time. Sure. And it was just an amazing experience to really put yourself in situations where the courses are going to be tough. Uh, there were, I wasn't used to playing in a lot of wind because Ohio is pretty flat. So yeah. wind was the primary defense of a lot of golf courses there. Right. And it was just a amazing experience to really play a college sport, especially when, most uh, people that play uh, sports in high school, that's where the buck stops. And so I'm very fortunate and blessed to uh, play a sport I love for uh, four additional years in a team setting. Yeah, that's great. And if anybody's thinking about pursuing college golf, uh, please do it because it is something that you will not regret because of the uh, brotherhood or sisterhood. Sure. that you'll form with your teammates and then they could become friends for life. Yeah, that's well said. I, you know, I think a lot of times when you look at collegiate sports, high school sports, you know, the, the camaraderie that you build with your teammates is, is a massive, um, it's an underrated quality. You know, I think a lot of times it comes down to understanding that it, it means more than just playing the sport. It comes down to creating lifelong friendships. And that's a huge part of sports for sure. Yeah. And it also teaches you a little bit about the importance of networking yeah. uh, because if you're, if you're don't get along with your teammates that well, uh, you're going to be hard pressed to have any great relationships uh, outside of the team, let alone when you start going into the workforce and everything. And that in relationships is everything in terms of advancement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think again, that's well said. Maybe kind of speak to your, um, your experience with maybe the, the training side of it, like tell us kind of like a little bit of your structure when you were uh, at, at your school for four years, where was fitness a big aspect of it? Like, did you have a coach that kind of took you through fitness routines or was it kind of just left up to you to guys for you guys to do it? Like, how was that set up? Well, we did a lot of fitness related workouts in the off season and we would offset that with some, Hitting, hitting balls into nets. We didn't have the simulators at the time. Sure. Um, it seems like ever since I left uh, the University of Finley, it has completely become a powerhouse in terms of what they offer to their players there. So I'm kind of jealous of what they have now. <laughs> sure, of course. Um, but we had we had workouts with our with the strength coach. Um, I'm not exactly sure if they were appropriate in terms of enhancing mobility, flexibility, and stability. Sure. However, they got us into shape. They got us uh, 
in a place where we had to mentally buckle down and it was better than not having to uh not having anything to sure. uh do because yeah. i found that uh as a college kid uh discipline levels might be very low yeah and there were times where uh we we slacked off and uh our performance yeah. suffered because of it right yeah i definitely think you know uh for a young college kid who's you know playing a collegiate sport uh, the res- the roles and responsibilities and the accountability changes significantly when you've got other people relying on you other than just yourself. And so I uh, definitely think that you it sounds like you spoke to that and having some structure, having a framework to kind of at least work with, even though it might not be, like you said, maybe the most appropriate thing. It was still something that at least kept you kind of accountable with your team. Yeah. And uh, looking back at it, I, I wish I did a little bit more in that front. Uh, because I ended up uh, being like two, like 200, 210 pounds my senior year. And that heavily impacted my way to my ability to get through the ball. Sure. Uh, I did have a few good events, but again, like the consistency factor just wasn't there. Yeah. And I look back on how I got there and it was the work, the work I did in the off season or lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you know, being that we're, we're recording this episode during the winter, you know, we've made a, ma- a massive emphasis on showing people that like if you invest in your body and take care of your body and do it in the off season so that once the season does come around, you're ready to roll and you're, you're durable and can handle all the stresses that golf puts on you. I think I think that's a, an underrated quality that a lot of golfers have a tendency to overmiss. Um, and especially obviously, you know, with you being down south too, where you can play all year round. You know, the priority is maybe less on 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 fitness and, and health and more just on swing and, and, and playing golf all the time. And so I think there's a mistake in that where you're not investing in your body long term to be able to play the sport you love for a very long time. Yeah, it's funny that you say that, because when I was listening to Jack Nicholas's autobiography, he played a lot of basketball uh, when he wasn't competing in tournaments from week to week. Uh, and he encourages uh, playing other sports simply because it works different parts of your body. And sure. if you're, if you're more balanced in other parts of your body that golf can't necessarily provide you, that just makes you a better athlete, which in turn will help you with your golf game. Yeah. You took the words right out of my mouth, right? Be a better athlete first, right? And then whatever sport you play, you'll, you'll see the direct benefit to that for sure. Yes. Well, let's do this, uh, you know, Jeff, let's uh, maybe kind of transition, you know, maybe kind of tell us how you got started with the idea behind Slope Grape, you know, and, you know, obviously how it became the product that it is today, you know, so I think, you know, for when you look at the golf space, you look at all the different tech that's on the golf space, you know, there's a lot of different competition there. So maybe kind of speak to maybe how you got started idea with it, uh, maybe the, how you got started with the idea behind Slope Grape and, and where you are today. Yeah, gladly. So I was at a tournament in 2017. I am not exactly sure if it was a state AM qualifier or, or open qualifier or whatever, but I was struck striking the ball really well. I hit 15 degrees that day. However, I ended up having 38 pots and shot 75. How was that? How did that happen? Well, I started to miss a lot of putts on the low side and it wasn't because I wasn't hitting good that wasn't hitting bad putts. It was, uh, I kept under reading putts and it was frustrating because when I got to like, you know, eighth or ninth hole, I could see the hole just like shrinking <laughs> and, uh, I was too stubborn to play more break than, uh, what I was seeing. So as a result, I 
didn't really make anything that day. And I ended up missing uh, the qualifying spots by like two or two shots. And it kind of pissed me off. Sure. So I went to the uh, practice green after my round just to figure out what, what went wrong in terms of reading green. So I had my digital level out with me, uh, just uh, figuring out different slope percentages. And I felt silly uh, because I kept bending over and just figuring out, okay, this is a 1% slope. This is a 2% slope and so on. There had to be a way to uh, make this process better uh, instead of uh, doing long-term damage to my back over time when you just bend over to back up and over back up. And then the idea of slope grade came to me where initially it was a wearable sensor that's worn on your midsection where you become the level. And I found that to be really beneficial because I didn't have to bend over or anything like that. And I was off to the races to uh, implement the best way to do this. And when we launched in 2020, uh, it was uh, well received by some members of the target audience that we were uh, going after. However, for everybody else that plays on the weekend, they didn't want to go through the process of learning all that uh, training techniques sure. uh, that were required. You had to wear a certain amount of clothing. A belt was encouraged. Yeah. And uh, it also required a constant zeroing out of the sensor. Otherwise, uh, your your reads from in the app are going to be inconsistent or inaccurate. Right. Nobody was willing to do that. So we had to shift and pivot. And uh, just in December of 2021, we implemented a new ball barker mode, so you don't have to wear the sensor anymore. So now it can be used as a ball barker while you can make adjustments in the app where you see fit. Awesome. Uh, it's been an amazing training tool for me. It's helped me get my speed control down while at the same time enhance my visualization of seeing putts go in the hole based on the slopes that I see and the ones that are calculated in the app itself. <laughs> That's... That's really cool. You know, I think, you know, when you think about the golfer who maybe can visualize reading green well versus someone who doesn't visualize the green well, or maybe needs more kind of direction, whether that's the line on the ball or, you know, a line on a a putter or anything like that. This sounds like it can be an amazing tool to help kind of just fill that void so that you can give you some objective feedback as to what you're seeing and whether or not the app and and the ball market that you have on the ground is, is matching up to what you're seeing as well. Yeah, I mean, a lot of cough technology over the past decade or so has provided you a great way to get you from T to green, no problem. There's many different uh, tools that you could use, but then once you got on the green, you were on your own. And this was a void that I noticed uh, in 2017, and I wanted to uh, pretty much be a pioneer in this space to provide uh, technology for the putting green. Now there's, uh, you know, there's your fancy tools like Sam Putt Labs that help you with your putting stroke, but there really wasn't too many uh, technology options that were affordable for greed reading. Sure. So now we've brought in Slopegrade and it's been uh, really amazing and it's, and it's really starting to pick up over the past few weeks. <laughs> that is really, really cool. So, you know, again, this is a good transition. You know, I think you know, when you were using Slopegrade as a wearable technology comparatively now to where now it's a ball marker, 
Have you seen slope grade really kind of take off as you transition to a ball marker versus a wearable tech? Yes, uh, simply because there is not a lot of setup that you need to do. Okay. Uh, the calibration step has been completely eliminated. I mean, I would encourage uh, people that buy slope grade to calibrate their sensor at least once. Sure. Uh, simply because there might be imperfections in like the injection molded plastic that it's made out of. Sure. But after that, uh, you just set it down, press a button, and it'll tell you where to aim your putt. And uh, pretty soon, uh, we're going to be showing uh, players that use upgraded in the app how to putt it. Uh, we're implementing a putting stroke model uh, in our newest release coming uh, in late January. I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to air, but for any putt that they have, it will show them how far back they need to take the putter in order to create the uh, optimal launch conditions in order to not only hold the line, but also finish around the hole. Wow. That is so, so maybe kind of, Jeff, let's do this. Maybe kind of walk us through kind of the user experience, right? Like when you launch the app in your phone, it's obviously calibrated. It's a, let's say you, you're using it as a ball marker currently, you know, do you have to input how far you are from the hole? Like, Will it kind of auto adjust based on that? Like, tell us kind of how that kind of works. Yes. So I actually have the Slugrate app in front of me. Okay. And I'm not sure if your users can yep. use this, but there cool. are there is a slider up here where you could easily set the distance uh, up to 30 feet. Got it. So everything is easy. They don't have to enter anything. They can also adjust uh, uphill and downhill slopes here. And then for pots that may have some break uh, that it's more than where it's calculated, they can adjust the uh, amount of slope, which will in turn will tell them where to aim their putt based on the green speed that's set in the app. Incredible. And for aggressive pots, they could move the speed preference slider up, which will change where they aim their putts versus if they want to hit putts at dead speed, they could bring this putt all the way bring this slider all the way down, which will have them playing more break. Got it. That's, that's really cool. So it's, it's very easy to just uh, get all the parameters set quickly. So they're not fumbling around with it on the green. Yeah. Uh, because I know that uh, I've gotten a lot of comments or concerns about uh, pace of play being slowed down, but you have to experience slope grade in order to understand that it's not really going to hinder the pace of play too much simply because of its uh, accessibility yeah. to set the right parameters. And I wanted to design something for the green that operates like a range fighter. And we, I feel like we have with slope grade. That's, that's really cool. So maybe just so people can understand maybe the, the time invested in, in terms of building this out, how long did it take you to kind of develop the app in terms of backend and things like that? Well, we've been working on this for about five years now. Wow. Uh, it has taken a lot of iterations to get to where it is today, because when we launched Slipgrade, we were only displaying two pieces of information, slope, uh, the slope and slope degrees and slope percentage. That was it. Sure. And we realized that that wasn't a lot of value to uh, invest oh, the asking price for what we were what we were selling the sensor for. Sure. So over, over the past year and a half, 
we started to implement more features such as a uh, rolling model of your putt, which will tell you kind of like give you like the uh, visual arc. So I can bring this up again, and I'll just show you exactly like how the ball is going to roll after you putt it. Oh, wow. Which will give you certain timelines of where the ball needs to be as it's rolling. And, Incredible. and over time, we wanted to provide a comprehensive suite of training for both green reading and putting because this is the most overlooked area amongst many golfers that play this game. For sure. Yeah, no, I definitely think putting is something that, like you said, from, from tee to green, you know, there's a lot of different things that can kind of get you there. But once you get on the green, everyone's process is much different with regards to how to approach reading greens, reading putts, speed, slope, all that stuff. And so, you know, maybe for, for someone who's, you know, developing, uh, you know, a product for, for those that are on the green, what do you think that, or well, maybe what, in your experience, what is something that you see most golfers struggle with when it comes to putting? Well, in my personal experience, the one thing that I struggle with the most in terms of putting, especially in my college career, was commitment. Uh, that's the one thing that I see when I'm playing with uh, random people I'm, player, I'm paired with. Yeah. Uh, they may hit a great shot into the green, but then they get so timid over the ball that uh, it's going to be very difficult for them to make a great putting stroke because they're focusing on making the putt instead of going through the process of analyzing where to putt and most importantly, what kind of uh, stroke you're going to put on it. Sure. Yeah. It's really funny that to say this, but it's true. Uh, Kevin Kisner, uh, I believe on the foreplay pod from Barstool Sports yeah. said, you'll make more putts when you stop trying to make more putts. So uh, I think it's a matter of being process oriented instead of outcome oriented because you're not going to hit every shot close yep. on the green. Yep. And just, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So you have to be okay with missing some putts out there. Cause that's just the nature of golf. We're all human. Right. What thing you can't control is giving it your best effort. And I think that's uh, what most people struggle with because of their, where their focus is. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the commitment part of it is, is a huge aspect. You know, I think whether it's committing to a specific line, committing to the speed, or just committing to just being confident when you stand over the putt, you know, that's a, that's a very, very underrated quality I think a lot of people struggle with when it comes to, you know, they, they talk about the yips all the time, right, when it comes to putting. <clears throat> I think that's a big part of it. It's just not trusting the, your process to get you to – where you are on the green and being able to make a, a valiant effort to try and get it into the hole. I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. I'm going to quote Jack Nicholas again. There was never a putt that he didn't miss. Yeah. Or, or there was never a putt he missed. Right. I, I just said that wrong, but <laughs> there, was, there was never a putt he missed because he always imagined making it. And even if he missed it, uh, he would tell him, he would uh, say he made it and it's fine. Yeah. So that way his confidence never wavered. Right. And he, he didn't make it. He didn't make a, uh, unnatural adjustments to his putting stroke. I mean, everybody's going to have bad putting days. Yeah. However, like, just like in basketball, if you're missing a few shots, you're going to keep shooting until you make one. For sure. Uh, that's the only way you're going to get out of the slump. Yeah. And I think a lot of times too, people don't maybe emphasize practicing putting as much as they practice, let's say 
off the tee or iron play or wedges. You know, I think putting for whatever reason has a tendency to be a little bit lower on the priority list uh, for a lot of golfers. And, you know, unfortunately, that's where you kind of make your mark. That's where you can kind of shoot lower scores. And I think that's something that, that needs to be a priority for a lot of people, myself included. Yeah. Now, I'm not knocking on these other areas of the game because they are important, especially uh, driving. Sure. Uh, because the farther you hit it, uh, probability says you're going to finish the hole in less amount of strokes because of the clubs that you have in your hand. The yep. dispersion of error is going to just shrink. Yep. But again, I find more satisfaction in seeing a putt drop in for birdie versus hitting a 300 yard drive down, down the middle of the fairway. That's, that's just my personal preference. Right. There's, there's a bigger rush that I get. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I make a pot, because that just sets the tone for the rest of the day or at that moment. Yeah. So that way I, whatever negative thinking I was having uh, completely goes away. It's like, <laughs> all right, I can do this. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree. That's definitely something that, you know, when you talk about momentum, you talk about being able to kind of maybe quote unquote stop the bleeding when you're kind of struggling mentally and getting shot after shot that's maybe not as great as you want it to be. You know, watching a, a puck go in and sink it, you know, that's that's a pretty rewarding feeling to be able to have you move away from some of those negative thoughts that are kind of creeping into your head. Yeah. So let's do this, uh, Jeff. Let's kind of transition, especially since uh, you you play collegiate golf. You know, I'm interested to kind of hear. Let's do our what's in the bag session. So, you know. A lot of our listeners like to kind of hear what, what a lot of our uh, listeners are, what a lot of our guests are swinging. So maybe kind of tell the listeners what you've got in your bag currently. All right, gladly. Uh, I have the Callaway Maverick uh, Sub Zero driver. Uh, I know that's a couple years old, so I might be looking into uh, getting a new one pretty soon. Sure. I'm still hitting a Titleist 915 uh, F3 wood. Nice. Uh, I think it's 15 degrees, if I'm not mistaken. Then I have a Callaway Maverick hybrid uh, that is a three hybrid. Uh, that has been an amazing fairway finder for me. And my iron set is the uh, 2019 version of the Callaway Apex Pros. Uh, nice. The ball speed that I get off of those irons is ridiculous. <laughs> so it's I've added just 10 yards with my irons just from a club, from a club manufacturer change alone. Sure. And I have the uh, build grind two wedges from TaylorMade, uh, 50, 54, and 58. And then I just got fit for this last year, but I have a PXG Blackjack 26 putter. Nice. How, are you like, how are you liking that? Uh, I love how it feels off the face. I don't feel like it pops off too much. I don't feel like it doesn't like stick to the face uh, too much. It feels like it feels just right for me. I went to Club Champion to get fit for it. And it came down to two options, whatever it's the Scotty Cameron Futura from last year or that. And it was literally one data factor that was better with the PXG putter, which led to my decision because everything else was identical. That's why you get fit, right? That's, that's the importance of having some of that data so you can kind of make a better decision based off of that. You know, sometimes it comes down to one data point, but sometimes it comes down to the field too. That's important as well. Yeah. I think it's the most important club to get fit in the bag uh, because the amount of error to make it or missing a putt is very small. Yes. And uh, if that's not uh, set properly, yep. you're going to be, you're going to have a tendency to either pull putts or push putts because of the face rotation. Uh, if you do have an arced putting stroke or you just might have bad timing because of the weight of the putter as well. So right. 
I encourage everybody listening to this, you get fit for a putter if you haven't already. Well, I think too, like, I think too, when you, when you actually get fit, so I got fit for a putter last year. And when you look at your stroke, like I towed everything, right? So, you know, again, my thought was, yeah, I want to, you know, I want to, I want to, what's, what's the option? Is it blade versus mallet, mallet versus blade? And a lot of times when, when you tow all the time, you know, unfortunately on blade, I don't think it's going to be best served for you. That's why I went, went with a mallet. So you know, I think a lot of times getting fit for a putter, uh, much like getting fit for a driver or irons, like that becomes a massive opportunity to kind of really kind of change your game for the good. Yeah. Cool. So let's uh, let's transition to our shotgun round. So this is uh, we're gonna ask you a number of golf related questions. You should try and uh, answer your question, uh, answer the question as fast as you can. Okay. Okay. All right. So uh, favorite golfer for you? Uh, does that have to be dead or alive? Doesn't matter. I'm going to say Arnold Palmer. Not a bad answer. How about a uh, favorite golf brand for you? Right now, it's going to be Travis Matthew. Yeah, pretty popular in the golf space right now, currently, currently for sure. How about favorite course you've played? Uh, it's funny that you asked this because I was asked this question, I think, last year. If you had to pick one course, either Augusta National or the course I worked at in the summertime, which one would you pick? And I picked the course I would pick at in the summertime. So I want to say the private gem in Harbor Springs, Michigan, True North Golf Club. All right. Listen, that's never a bad thing to have a homework golf course. That's for sure. All right. If you had to play around with only one golf club, what would it be? I'm going to say the six iron. It's the most uh, versatile uh, club in the bag for any kind of shot you could have. Yeah. All right. Let's do this. Let's create the best golfer. So take your opinion as to who's best off the tee, iron play, and short game. Uh, I'm going to say Rory off the tee. I'm going to say Tiger with his iron play. Yep. And then I'm going to say Jason Day with his short game. Interesting. Let's break out short game. Let's let's go maybe wedges versus putting. What Does that change your answer at all? Uh, it does to a certain degree. Okay. Uh, Spieth is an amazing putter. Yep. But if I'm looking for the overall package, I would pick a guy like Jason Day. Yep. Will you stay in or Tony Fee now? Because statistically, they gain the most shots around the green. There you go. That's when uh, sometimes numbers don't lie when it comes to that stuff, right? Yep. All right. So, how about um, a favorite golf memory for you? Uh, I, I there's a lot I could choose from, but I'm going to go back where it all began, and it's my it's my first round with my dad. Awesome. Uh, I viewed I viewed golf as a way to uh, spend time with him, and if it wasn't for him putting a club in my hand, none of this would be possible. Sure. So that trumps everything over going to a Ryder Cup and uh, all of the other amazing golf experiences that I've had over the years. Yeah, I'm sure you've had a lot of them, right? So, But I think ultimately when you think about your personal experience with golf and obviously having your dad be a big influence in terms of you actually playing the sport, it's hard to beat that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so who's someone you'd recommend we reach out to be a guest on the show? I believe this person would be absolutely perfect for the show based on where she has been and where she is now. Yeah. And the things that she has to deal with on a day-to-day basis, it kind of aligns with your podcast. And I'm going to go with Alejandra Bernard, known as Golf Mommy on Instagram. (laughs) You know know what? Um, She has been on our list. We have not reached out, um, but she's on our list of people to reach out to to potentially be on the show. So 
uh, I think the, the confirmation from you only just kind of justifies us reaching out a little bit sooner then. Yeah, you could tell you could tell her that I, I sent you. Awesome. That's good to know. All right. So, Jeff, maybe let's kind of finish up with some words of wisdom. You know, maybe what are some, you know, for those that are looking to you know, improve their performance around the green or and obviously understanding that, you know, slope grade is going to help you do that. What else would you kind of, you know, give some advice with regards to our listeners, with regards to, you know, putting, understanding slope, things like that? Well, I think with any skill, it requires uh, consistent practice. It requires consistent commitment and dedication to where you want to go. Because I mean, you can have every tool in the world, but if you do not have a destination or a journey that you're working towards, you're pretty much just going to have a lot of junk because it's not going to serve a greater purpose. So it's important that to find a purpose, whatever it's uh, long-term or short-term, I would recommend starting with a short-term purpose, which could be making your bed in the morning because it will set the tone for the rest of the day. And instead of uh, looking at what didn't happen or what went wrong, you can look at the small monotonous things that you did and use that as fuel to build yourself and your tr- build your trust, build your confidence to become the person that you want to be both on and off the golf course. Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the saying control what you can control is a big one, right? But we tell this a lot of people that are looking to invest in, let's say, their bodies when it comes to golf-specific fitness and training is that sometimes boring is really productive, you know? And so I think as much as, you know, when you look at the social platforms around, you know, of all these different like um, influencers and things like that. And they look at all these, these big, you know, fancy type of exercises and things like that. Sometimes the basics really do work. And sometimes when you kind of put it in that perspective, it allows you to kind of build upon each step to have you have a lot of wins throughout the day. Like, like, like I said earlier, you have to build the foundation first before you can put the house on and make, and you can't have a foundation made of sand. Sure. Uh, it has to be something solid like stone or granite. Yeah. Because when a storm comes, which it will inevitably will come. Yeah. If that foundation is not stable or solid, uh, everything that's on top of it will crumble. Yeah. Well said, for sure. So, Jeff, what's in the in the pipeline for for slope grade? I know you had just kind of transitioned to you know a ball marker, and I know you're kind of working some stuff in the app. What else are some things that you kind of guys are working on uh, for heading into this year? Yes, uh, so we're going to uh, update our Android app to be on the same baseline as our iOS app. Okay. Uh, we focused on the iOS side first because there were less devices to support. Uh, but after the uh, new feature of the putting stroke model that, we're, that we've released, uh, we're going to immediately begin transitioning everything that we wrote over here to the Android side. And uh, by the time that Android app is updated, uh, we should be delivering a ton of slope grades to everybody that's pre-ordered. So if you're looking to get yourself one of these uh, smart ball markers, go to slopegrade.com and click on the uh, slope grade uh, header. It'll tell you all about uh, what it will provide for you as well as the as well as some frequently asked questions uh, that you may have. Uh, we are uh, going into a uncharted territory and it's only going to get better from here. 
because yeah. um, we do have a lot of new features that we're looking to implement. We just need a little bit of time and research. So sure. the best is yet to come. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you continue to kind of trend in the, the right direction here, Jeff. And uh, we're really kind of excited to kind of see this product continue to kind of get better and better each and every time. We hopefully kind of uh, continue this conversation. For those who maybe want to kind of learn more information, I know you mentioned the website. Um, what are some maybe social channels or best way to kind of reach out to you guys if you have certain questions about the, the product? Yes, you can email us at info at slipbreak.com. Uh, we'll respond to you in less than 24 hours. Uh, you can also follow us on our social media channels at Slopegrade on both Facebook and Instagram. It's awesome. That's really, really great. So, Jeff, uh, I really, really do appreciate you you're coming on the podcast. It sounds like you're a busy guy. Uh, just a, a question for me. Obviously, uh, I'm going to be on that pre-order list. But um, for those who are playing, let's say, tournaments, you know, amateur uh, at the amateur level, is there any restrictions in terms of the use of Slopegrade with regards to competition play? Oh, yes. It is a practice device only. Yep. It is not legal for tournament use. Uh, ideally, it's used to build trust and confidence in yourself so that yep. you won't need it when you're in a tournament setting because yep. you have worked on it so many times. Slopegrade is meant to accelerate the amount of time that you need in order to get yourself in a position where you feel like you can make anything you look at. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> just want to have that little disclaimer for for those yeah. who are kind of asking that question in their head. But you know, it's always good good confirmation from you, Jeff. So you know, Jeff, I appreciate your time. Uh, best of luck to you guys and your product. We're looking forward to big and better things uh, as we head into this new year. And uh, listeners, thanks so much for listening to the Pain Free Golf Performance Podcast. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Thanks, Russell. Hey, thanks so much again for listening to this week's episode of the Pain-Free Golf Performance Podcast. If you enjoy the content of the show, we would love it if you left a review to be able to help us expand our ability to provide you with the golf information you are seeking. If you're listening to the show and are dealing with aches, pains, or issues from golf that haven't fully resolved, then let us know how we can help. Whether you're local or not, you can work with us through our pain-free golf performance program, which can be tailored to someone who's virtual or someone who's in person. This program is customized fully to you and your goals of playing your best golf yet. We assess how well you move to give us a baseline of what you can do. And then based on that assessment, come up with a training program best suited for your needs. We are offering a special podcast promotion, which gives you access to this program at a reduced rate. You can inquire by going to manaperformancetherapy.com forward slash pain-free golf and use the promo code podcast when inquiring so we can help you feel better and play better golf. Be sure to tune into next week's episode.